Hello and welcome to another episode of Badminton Science. I'm your host Robert Johnson and in this week's episode we are going to talk about how to train for women's doubles. The previous episodes have been about the singles categories and the men's doubles. Now I think, and I, I've said it previously as well, but I think that you should really go back and listen to to the episodes about. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter if you're if you're women's doubles players. You sh- you could and should listen to the episode about men's singles and women's singles and men's doubles because I mentioned different things. So for instance. In the men's singles episode, I am talking very broadly about about badminton and what what it means to be a badminton athlete and what you should shouldn't do because everyone um, benefits from being more explosive, being faster, and so forth. So I think that you you shouldn't skip the episodes just because it's not your category of choice or not the category you you play. Men's doubles players will benefit from listening to the women's singles episode, for instance. So, so just so you know that, listen to every episode because there are some value to to every episode, even though you might not play it. So the episodes are more about what what's unique and what's the biggest differences about the categories. And when we're looking at women's doubles, I think everyone thinks of the word endurance. And I think that most people are just thinking about some sort of physical endurance, like being able to play the 120 shots rallies or the two minute rallies or, or yeah, some rallies are just too long, let's just say that. And I think that we all think, oh, that's, um, that's really hard physically, which it is, but I think that we, we should not underestimate how difficult it is from the mental aspect as well, because as a badminton player, you, you at the highest level or even at some sort of low level of competition, you need to, to be really able to, to keep your focus and keep your mental uh, sharpness throughout the game, throughout the tournament and especially within each rally. Because if you play 120 strokes in one rally, the 120th stroke is like you can't just ah doesn't matter or like downplay it I guess uh, every shot is really important especially in women's doubles where it's the long rallies they are usually building up to a good opportunity for someone to win and you don't want to give away anything because you're not ready or because you're not focused on the rally so you need really good mental discipline and mental ability to focus for long durations of time so so that's something that we we need to address and i think that when it comes to women's those you don't move that much the rallies are long so you need to be sharp and you need to be ready for everything but usually during the rallies it's not that much movement like not that far distances of course you move a lot and it's fast but get the point what I'm trying to say that you don't move that much which means that you will have a high heart rate but you won't move that much and that means that you you probably benefit a lot from from doing some uh, 
some longer uh, some longer distance running during the off season for instance just to be able to have a high heart rate during a long period of time you will also really benefit from from being able to recover fast from those sort of of longer rallies or longer periods so for instance uh, some intervals that might be really beneficial for a women's doubles player while while running would be some seven seconds on 20 seconds off around 12 to 16 of those intervals i could also recommend to do some sort of uh, of uh, faster interval during those uh, 12 to 16 because even though we we're talking about endurance here it's very important that we don't lose we, we can't really forget about badminton because it's an explosive and fast sport which means that even if endurance is more important we need to be fast and be able to to play long rallies and long matches so so that's where where the whole badminton game is really difficult to, to talk about and to train for but I, I let's just say that if you want to listen to to explosiveness men's singles and men's doubles episodes are uh, quite a lot about just improving those things for women's doubles now we will get through it so your vo2 max is important here because it will it will um, it will make you recover faster in between rallies and being able to keep your mental focus for longer during the, the games. So a good test would be the Cooper test, of course, three kilometers as fast as you can or 12 minutes for as far as you can run. And I think that uh, running three kilometers in 12 minutes would be an elite level. Um, I'm not really sure what the levels are for badminton players or women's doubles players, but I think that maybe aim for at least 2700 meters in um, in 12 minutes that would be really good even though it's not it's not that important what you get on a cooper test because what matters is how you play on court and and how fast you recover there but you know you understand you have listened to this podcast before so you're probably aware of of my philosophy the specificity is is uh, super important so 70 20 intervals with some some faster ones in between Four by four minutes, also great in the off season. Uh, just keeping, uh, so so what that means that you run for four minutes, not as fast as you can, but it's it's gonna be fast. So ninety to ninety five percent of your aerobic max speed. Then you do you do that for four minutes, and then for three minutes you go down to seventy percent of your uh, max aerobic speed. And then you do four minutes and then you do the four minutes with three minutes rest four times. And of course you need to warm up before and you need to cool down. So the, the total active time will be 25 minutes. Four by four is 16 and then you have three minutes of rest in between. Um, and after the last one you're done. So it's I don't even count that. So 25 minutes and then 10 minutes before and then 10 minutes after. So 45 minutes in total and you have a, an awesome aerobic workout and uh, and that I would do early in the off season uh, and combine that with some 70 20 intervals and some long distance running and um, you will have a really good recipe for for building aerobic capacity and then it's of course time to to um, 
to make that go a bit more to the to the speed um, training of the of the whole women's doubles uh, category and uh, of course you need to combine the, the lot of aerobic work with some some multi shuttle or some two against one where tempo is a lot higher and you do the change of direction and so on and so forth but the important aspect is when you do your strength and conditioning or in this instance the conditioning work uh, early in the off season you can do a lot more aerobic work with the um, with the longer intervals but then as you get close to the season you need to decrease that and maybe you want to throw in some anaerobic work let's say one minute for as hard as you can and then rest like one minute up to three minutes depending on on, on your goals but uh, that you can keep to 70 20 intervals because they're really good at just being able to work at a high high workload and then getting uh, and then making your body recover fast however they can be a bit too taxing maybe like for your for your system which means that they are it takes a lot of time to recover and that could be a problem in season and then i would just recommend to not do as many uh, as if you if you do 16 and in, in the peak of season maybe you can go down to like half that you know eight to ten in the uh, in season game but i think that it's more important to um, to to keep the the speed high and and just to maintain some sort of aerobic ability and then of course you need to do some some really short intervals as well uh, with uh, like, like let's say 15 15 or so 50 seconds on for as fast as you can basically 50 seconds off 10 times rest a minute and a half and do it once again and then you can increase it as much as you want but i think that's um, that's really important so the more you, the closer you get to the season of course the more speed and more explosiveness you need and uh, and we need to work less on the uh, aerobic capacity if you have some periods of, of um, not so important tournaments or not um, uh, or tournaments where it's um, like it's not a really intense period of, of competition let's say then you could go back to do like do a lot of 70 20 intervals and you can you can really benefit from from doing the hard work there but I would also do a lot of, um, you know, when you're doing the multi shuttles, I would, I would do anywhere from ten to twenty shuttles in in each pile, and I would do a lot of volume, a lot of volume. But, and this is the important thing because we can't just talk about volume in the sense of yeah, you need to do two minutes on, rest for twenty seconds, and then two minutes on again, and you like just that doesn't really work. The important part of, of taking the the really general physical capacities of, of in this instance the aerobic capacity we need to to change that and make it more specific and we need to to still keep the quality and what that, what i mean by that is to do the multi shuttle but not just yeah I, f I felt like playing a clear here so i played a clear and then i felt like playing a drop shot and then i felt like keep keep it a, a bit more structured and if you were to play that you, you just hit whatever shuttle you or whatever shot you want at least keep the quality high don't hit in the net don't play too short don't play it wide make sure that the quality of the shot is there because it doesn't matter if you can run a cooper test or if you can run three kilometers in 12 minutes it doesn't matter if you can't keep the shuttle in 
the quality is what matters. So, so yeah, I just had to say it because it's, it doesn't matter how physically strong or fast or endure or what, how, what kind of endurance you have. If you can't get the shuttle over with a good quality, then it won't matter. So that's my, that's my point. Uh, but I would at least try to to do a lot of uh, increase the volume and increase the amount of shuttles that you're used to hitting in in each practice session and being able to to not or increase the, your ability to not miss um, because I think that that not missing and having high quality of your shots uh, is really important for especially for women's doubles players. So with that said. We also need to address that the women doubles game is changing. I think it's one of the categories that changed the most with still long rallies, of course, but more explosiveness, more speed and more uh, of a downwards playing game. So what that means is that you need to really increase your explosiveness as well. And if you're not if if most of your year is not is just like going to the gym, do some leg press, some heavy leg presses, and do some doing some heavy Bulgarian split squats, doing some heavy squats, uh, it won't really like that will make you strong, but it won't be the best for you. You need to have a lot of a lot of um, yeah. You need to really prioritize the explosiveness and the speed. And of course, the change of direction, which uh, they go a bit hand in hand, but still, you need to work on those separately. They will uh, together. They will will make you a super athlete. So, with that said, of course, we need to have good mobility. Some players, it looks like they always have their their stomach facing the net, like they never they're never turning their body. Um, to the side which of course if you know the technique you're supposed to like really in order to get your your maximum power you need to rotate your upper body um, like the the thing the whole thing starts from the from the floor up you know from the feet to the hip you know there, that's where you generate your power i think a lot of players do that but there are still some players who um, who keep their their stomach towards the net too much and uh, like everyone is going to look different it's fine but i think that maybe we should work on that a bit and i think just being able to if you have good flexibility and mobility then you will you can benefit more from from the strength you have because if you are a bit limited in your hip let's say then you might not be able to get the most amount of power from your smash. And um, uh, I think that that is really important. So, and especially for like, when you look at women's doubles, it needs to be a really fluent movement. Fluid, fluent, how do you say, fluid, fluid. Yeah, it needs to look like, it, it needs to be really smooth footwork. You need to be really agile, you need to be really flexible, and you need to, to be able to recover fast from, from some really difficult positions. So I think that uh, you, should, you can test your mobility in a lot of different ways. I think that if, if you are a bit stiff, you will probably know that you are a bit stiff. And I think if you were to do, a, let's say, a sumo squat, 
uh, and then just try to twist your upper body uh, and see how that feels if you're really stiff then that might be a position you need to work a lot in um, or you, I mean it might be your lunge position that's kind of wrong or, or something figure it out and, and do just in, do some stretches here and there and, um, and and not just single joint movements do some yoga do some some fluid yoga um, flow yoga flow yoga I think it's called where you you're not holding a position for too long it's more like like a movement cost, continuous movement um, I think that could be really beneficial now I, I'm just gonna say because I, I remem remember it from listening to um, to the Danish uh, strength and conditioning coach he um, he worked with the Danish pair of Ritter Juhl and Pedersen I think and um, they had some troubles uh, with uh, coming to and from the net from a from a defensive position. So what they did was mainly th two things that I remember. The first is to uh, to have some sort of a rubber band around your hips. That's uh, in the wall or your partner is holding it behind you, and then do some lunges. Um, you you start from the defensive position and then you lunge towards the net both forehand and backhand because what will happen is you'll get some resistance while going forward because of the rubber band <clears throat> but then when you're going back uh, it will go faster because the rubber band will pull you back <clears throat> and then you can use it uh, in in every like you can turn it around so you're you're moving backwards with the band um like yeah but but i think that that could be something to uh, to look in, into and i think that's i think every player should um, should do some sort of of uh, specific work to get to the different corners and and maybe have it like a microcycle or um yeah maybe a couple of weeks actually yeah let's say one month you know, where you really focus on getting towards the net for in a uh, defensive position and then maybe you work one month get to the net in an offend when you're having the advantage when your racket is above the the net and then do the same for the corners in the back i think that's something i would have if i could have done my whole training career again i would probably include a lot more of those things um, because i think that when maybe if, if you don't have the best coach or like a coach that can be really dedicated to to the training because usually it's someone who has another job or just do it, doing it uh, to be nice and to, to organize the, the practice session then they can't really have they can't put a four-year plan together for you because they have a lot of different other, a lot of different things to think about but the, the important thing here is that you need to create your own plan and I think that a lot of coaches that because they don't have a lot of time, they just think of a session, which is really good, like it can be a really great offensive session, but there is another red line through it. So, which means that on Monday, you're having this great session for, for following up your smash. And then kind of the, the, the coach kind of expects that you will never do it wrong because now it, you made it work in the practice on Monday. Now you remember it for all time. You don't need to practice that again. Uh, so the next session will be some 
some sort of endurance or some sort of speed session, um, two against one maybe. And then, uh, yeah, next week on Monday it will be another another session with maybe just playing a good drop shot from the from the rear court. Like there's not a lot of time to really focus on one thing. And I think that you need to, to do that by yourself. So figure out, okay, so this month I want to really increase my, uh, my speed forward or coming back from a, let's say that you, I struggle a lot. So a personal story or not personal, but my a personal problem rather. <clears throat> when I came back from, I had to take like a year off, I think, because my back was so bad. And when I came back, I, I had really, really tough time playing, getting out of, when I, when someone put pressure on me um, in the rear court in my forehand position, I couldn't do anything about it, basically. I, I couldn't I couldn't play clear. My, I, of course, I could play it back to the net, but, uh, you know, <laughs> after done, uh, when you do it every time, it, it doesn't, even if it's a good shot, it's not a good shot because it's too easy to read. So I really struggled with that. And uh, what I would have done now, if, if I could do it again, I would take some time to just really, I would film my footwork. Like, okay, what's happening here? Okay, why is it bad? Uh, is it is it my footwork or is it that my, um, my racket is not in the right position when I'm supposed to play the shot? What's going on? I would try to really figure out what's wrong. And I can say now it was two things. It was that my back, I couldn't really twist it. I couldn't get in a position um, and uh, I was too slow So uh, and too heavy. So I, I, I wasn't in good balance when I was trying to play the shot. So what I would do now is, as I've said, I would film it, I would analyze it and then I would take a month or maybe two or three or four, however long it takes and, and work on it for at least three times a week. I could do it in the gym and I could do it in after practice session, before the practice session. Just work a lot on on that area. And when that would work, then of course I would I move on to the next weakness or, or improving a strength maybe. So, so just like try to pick some sort of, uh, some part of your game that you can work from anywhere and, and, and work on it. Um, yeah. And then of course the the core stability and the core strength is is really important. You, you can't lose your core, or you, and you can't lose your strength while while playing. It will be disastrous for you. So um, so I would really try and uh, and uh, and work a lot on that. And of course it's it's a lot of rotational exercises like wood choppers, and uh, I'll do some anti rotation exercises like the pal of press. Planks can be good, but if, like I'm not the biggest fan of that. Um, in some sense, hanging leg raises can be really e efficient. Dead bugs, of course. So yeah, like a lot of core exercises. Uh, I wouldn't skip the hip thrust either because that would be um, it would be really really good to to work on that. And of course, the game is is getting increasingly more explosive and fast, so you need to work on your speed and uh, footwork. I, I, it felt like I've missed something that I said in the Swedish episode, but I think that I'm I'm done with um, with this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Next episode will be about 
mixed doubles, both from the female pers perspective and the male perspective. So um, thank you so much and we'll talk soon. Bye.